Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Come, baby, come, baby, baby, come, 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 baby, come, baby, baby, come, come. You gotta give me love and then you gotta give me some. You gotta give me love and then you gotta give me some. Come, baby, come, baby, baby, come, 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 baby, come, baby, baby, come, come. You gotta give me love and then you gotta give me some. You gotta give me love and then you gotta give me some. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says he takes full responsibility for not disclosing to the White House and the public that he'd been hospitalized in intensive care for days following complications from an elective procedure. The White House learned the news Thursday. Congress and the public didn't find out until Friday. In a statement released last night, Austin says, quote, I recognize I could have done a better job ensuring that public was appropriately informed. I commit to doing better. The Pentagon Press Association, it said Friday, the public has a right to know when U.S. cabinet members are hospitalized. As the nation's top defense leader, Secretary Austin has no claim to privacy in this situation. Don't worry, nothing to worry about here, nothing to see here. It's not a big story. It's not like the Secretary of Defense went to the hospital for an elective procedure and was uh, unavailable to run, you know, the nation's military. Um, and then nobody knew that he was actually in the hospital because that was a super top secret piece of information that we managed to conceal from the second most important person in the military, the um, uh, Deputy Secretary of Defense. And, uh, <laughs> so, but don't worry, we told, we told the president eventually. We told the National Security Council eventually. You know, the rest of the public, I mean, eventually, it's fine. Just wait a few days, see what happens, let them know that Secretary of Defense has been in the hospital. Now, so this is both more of and less of a story than I think, at least how I perceived it originally. When I first heard this story, I thought, what you, surely he transferred authority. <laughs> you know, I thought, surely somebody's actually running the Defense Department. This is an easy thing to do. It happens, I mean, not all the time, but, you know, like when the president has some operation, surgery or whatever, if they're unavailable to make decisions, you know, there's temporary designation of authority to the vice president. That's not, I mean, it, it's it's pretty rare because it is the president, but it's something that they've done in the past. No big deal. And I thought, surely they did that. Well, they did. Okay, so it's not like nobody was running the Pentagon. The problem is that when they transferred that, you know, authority to the deputy, they didn't also tell the deputy, hey, by the way, your boss is in the hospital. <laughs> it might be there for several days. So all of a sudden come Thursday is uh, when the deputy found out. And then it was like, then the White House found out and the National Security Council found out. And everyone's like, why did we not get told that this was happening? Because it's a somewhat important thing. It's not the most, and that's why I say it's a more of an less of. It's a less of because it's not like nobody's running the Pentagon. And it's not like there isn't a chain of command, okay? But it's a more of because why didn't anybody get told and why did they keep it for so long? And then all of a sudden he's like, no, 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 it's my responsibility. Also, I'm back in charge. It's Friday. I'm still in the hospital. But I'm just doing work from the hospital. It's fine. No big deal. I'm here in the bed with complications that nobody knows what they were to a surgery that nobody knows what it was. And it's all fine. Well, of course, Secretary uh, or um, Senator James Langford, who was on Face the Nation yesterday, didn't think it was really all that fine. 
I got word of this yesterday when the news started breaking uh, to be able to come out on it. It's pretty shocking on this because when you're the Secretary of Defense, uh, you need to make everyone aware that you're actually going to be out of pocket. It's worse than just he didn't notify the White House. They actually notified the White House and everyone else that he was working from home during that time period when he was actually hospitalized and his number two was on vacation and not available as well. Uh, even the apparently the National Security Council didn't know it. The White House didn't know it. Congress didn't know it. We're at a time of a lot of turmoil internationally and suddenly had the Secretary of Defense more than just a matter of wasn't there actually sent over false information saying I'm working from home when he's not actually available at all. That's a whole different issue. The one thing I kept hoping throughout this story is that what wouldn't come out is like that he wasn't doing something completely else. <laughs> you know, like that this hospital story was not some cover for I don't know, hiking the Appalachian Trail with a friend. You know, like, that, that's the kind of thing that I didn't want to go. I wanted it to just be what the story was because the story was bad enough already. Now, will there be consequences? He says he takes responsibility. I always think that when you take responsibility, it should be more than just a, you said so. It, does this seem like the kind of thing where there's going to be, what, it, it, impeachment? No, it doesn't seem like it's going to be something like that. But, I mean, people are pretty upset because this is fairly significant national security implications kind of thing. But like I said, it's not like nobody was, you know, no, it's not like there was nobody who was running things. And there was, you know, somebody who was running things, a deputy who was running things. And, you know, he's back now and uh, just pretend nothing nothing happened. You know, it's like the Penguins in that, uh, the zoo movie. You know, it's nothing to see here, boys. 515 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, Saints fans, I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, I don't know, man. You can't do better. And then they have to wait for everybody else to come along. Ball game. We got a tie game here coming out of the half. These third down conversions are going to be massive. Ritter picked off. Intercepted by Alante Taylor. And Taylor gets to the 26-yard line. A game that was really tight in the first half. 17-17. The Saints have to win to have a chance to get in, but then everybody else has to cooperate and beat working against the Falcons. So they picked him off early in the third quarter. Carr looking deep, and it is juggled and caught! Touchdown, Olave! Crazy play. What a play by the receiver, Chris Olave! So if you didn't see what Olave did to pull this ball in, he his hands come in contact with the ball, I don't know, about the eight, I think, if I remember correctly. Only his arms are wrapped around the defender's head <laughs> as it bounces off his hand and the helmet of the defender. And then they get a little bit of separation. They're about to the goal line, and he bats it up in the air again, so second touch, and then manages to come down with it and control by about seven yards deep into the end zone for the touchdown. It's an okay catch. <laughs> so they go up by seven. That's the second play after the touchdown. A little bit later, five minutes later on the clock, 8.54 to go in the third quarter, up by uh, seven at this point with the ball. Second and ten. Play action. From the 39. Carr has all day. Taking a deep shot. Shaheed is down there. Shaheed, he's got it. Touchdown. So the Saints go up by 14 quickly in the third quarter. Then in the fourth quarter, as they're still, you know, up by, I think they were up 17 at this point. Um, Atlanta's with the snap. So the penalty makes it second down and 12 and a bad snap. Ritter trying to chase it down. He doesn't have it. The Saints recover. Followed up immediately by... First and goal. Call a wide open touchdown. 
that's the end of the good news for the Saints fans. Um, because <laughs> it was you did everything you could. Well, your team did everything that they could, and then uh, the world did not cooperate with you. And so, despite it all, I think the decisive factor was now Austin. You you, you sitting in for Jake this morning. By the way, welcome to the show, Austin. Thanks for having me. You hear Austin's voice in the afternoon with Joe Ford doing the news. Very good job he does of doing the news. Thank um, you. I think the decisive one was when the um, the Packers beat the Bears. Right, that's when everything really ended for uh, New Orleans yesterday. I believe so. I yeah. think they needed both the Packers and the Seahawks to lose. They both won. I think that, yeah, I think that's exactly right, and it just didn't quite fall their way, and so that was that. But if you're a Bucks fan, it's in, and if you're a Jaguars fan, not so much the good news for you either. <laughs> I want to talk about that. But, hey, you're wearing a Steelers hat, so congratulations yeah, to I'm the a happy evil camper. empire. Yeah. Uh, well done. Uh, <laughs> 518 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, a Pfizer vaccine. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. This is Claire Stewart with the University of West Florida. Did you know that UWF has educational programming available to individuals of all ages? Learn about the curriculum provided through our leisure learning program at UWF with Valerie Taylor and Julie Stillrollin on the Pensacola Expert Panel. That's Thursday at 9 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3. Hi, this is Earl Ron, president of New South Window. If you need new windows or doors for your home, heads up, this message is for you. New South is having a one-day factory sale this Saturday only in our factory showroom. 40% off high-performance award-winning windows, 40% off energy-efficient windows and patio doors, 40% off our factory direct products installed. Bring in your measurements for on-the-spot pricing or call today. One day only, this Saturday from 9 till 4. Please visit us at NewSouthWindow.com. This Saturday only, save an additional 5% when you arrive before noon. News Radio 92.3 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. enhanced risk through tomorrow and then on Tuesday the risk does shift to the east but we're still in it. The good news about the system that is going to be coming our way is it's going to move through pretty quickly but it's a two-pronged system. We're going to have a warm front bringing rain up out of the gulf and then a second squall line that's going to come through and give us really the potential for some really severe weather. Yeah, Catherine Daniel last night on Channel 3 giving us a preview of what we're to expect kind of later today, tonight, and especially into tomorrow. And 
I don't know. I, I wasn't really thinking an awful lot of this storm prediction only because, ah, we're out of storm season. You know, it's not hurricane season. How bad can it be? But then I got this email from Santa Rosa County Emergency Management, and they're like, tornadoes, 70-mile-an-hour winds. Make sure that your phones are turned off of do not disturb overnight because we need to be. I mean, you know, like, uh, how bad is this going to be? Well, remember, they for several years now, gosh, six or seven years now, I think, uh, they've been doing this one through five scale where five is, you know, like call Bruce Willis and one is, but two, the way I always remember this is that a two is what it was predicted to be the two times we had tornadoes back in 2016, 2017. Anyway, um, each time it was a two, it was a tornado, you know, the one in um, northeast Pensacola and then the one up in Century. So for me, when I hear a two, I'm like, you know, and it's a three. So we're a three, okay? Overnight into tomorrow is going to be a three. And the potential threats, this is potential threats, okay? Uh, 70 mile an hour tornadoes, um, a couple of them could be strong, EF2 throughout the area. Um, from the overnight hours tonight into Tuesday morning, National Weather Service Mobile, most likely timing in our area is between midnight and 9 a.m. Uh, greatest risk for, risk for tornadoes is from 3 to 9 a.m. Tuesday morning. This is from Santa Rosa County. Uh, wind advisory from 4 p.m. today until 6 p.m. tomorrow and sustained winds of 20 to 30 miles an hour throughout that period gusts up to 50. So... Yeah, they're taking this pretty seriously. We're going to be talking to Eric Gilmore. He's the director of public safety a little bit later on this morning, 635. Uh, I chatted with him last night briefly, and he's like, yeah, we're having meetings tomorrow morning just to make sure everybody's on the same page. And, you know, obviously we'll keep our eyes open and pay attention. But what's going to happen is we're going to have one system kind of come through. And then, as Catherine Daniel said, that that squall line behind it is going to be the, the one to really look out for late tonight, basically overnight into tomorrow morning. 523 on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. In the newsroom, we've got David Wayne waiting for us with the headlines. David? Well, congressional leaders announcing a budget agreement to keep the government funded through 2024. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and uh, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson made a joint announcement about the $1.7 trillion deal yesterday. Apparently that cockpit voice recorder on the Alaska Airlines flight from Portland, Oregon to California that lost a section of fuselage last Friday isn't going to be worth much to investigators. The National Transportation Safety Board says the recorder apparently lasts only two hours, then records over the previous time. Wait, so, uh, what? Yeah, I know. They can't set it to, you know, what was the um, SLP on the old VHS tapes where you had SPLP and then SLP, which was the like six hour version on the tape. Right. They can't get a six hour. So what do they do for international flights? That's a good question. Can you I, not buy a bigger hard drive? And as cheap as memory <laughs> is these days. I, I know. Mean, memory is yes, not. Yes, absolutely. Know, you, two hours? Yeah, two hours. That's then insane. it records back over itself. So apparently all of that information was lost. So uh, that isn't going to be worth much. The house Just over- trying to save a little money here, boss. Good Lord. They had I, a, they I had really a sale fa- on the four gig hard drive. What do you want us to do, <laughs> boss? Come on now. And, and okay, not not to be this guy, but aren't there all kinds of valuable training opportunities with recordings, even on flights where bad things don't happen? Oh, absolutely. It seems like, I, I, I mean, my home security system you know, it keeps everything for at least a week and then some stuff longer than that, right? You know, like, it, 
wow. <laughs> I just can't fathom. Sorry, I guess the ahead. only thing I can think I'm is so maybe, by maybe the ahead. amount of data that it, it's collecting is just so massive, you know, for every second or something. But even so, I would still imagine There's they would no be way. able. There, there, that yeah. makes no sense. I'm sorry. I, you, you know, unless unless you're basically telling me that these cockpit recorders, the, the black boxes are working with like shuttle, space shuttle age technology, you know, that that's the thing. But I, I cannot. Wow. I'm sorry. I've not, I did not see that story and that story has caught me totally sideways. Go ahead. David. Uh, and also the House Oversight Committee getting that classified briefing on UFOs later this week. The planned briefing comes after a bipartisan group of members asked for more details about UFOs or UAPs, including any efforts to retrieve or reverse engineer crash objects. So that'll be happening, but I guess we won't know much about it. No, no, just like normal. And they'll flashy thing us, and then we won't even know the hearing happens, so it'll be fine. Did you see the story about the 737 MAX 9? And the door that blew off yes. at 16,000 feet. And now, see, this is the thing that it was not all that clear to me originally. It's not an actual door. It's a door plug. It's meant to be a potential door if, I guess, they decide to expand seating capacity inside by, what, sardining you even better. Um, but it's a door on the outside. If you looked at it, it looks like a door behind the wing. But on the inside, it, you don't think you're sitting on the aisle because it's not an aisle. It's just a wall like normal. And the 16,000 feet up and the door blows out, the plug blows out, thank God nobody's sitting in that seat or the seat next to it because all of those, like, headrests blew out the door, the seats are mangled and twisted, there's a kid sitting in the next row up, his shirt went off to behind him. Oh, my. And, yeah. And so the pilot's like, uh, tower, we're going to be needing to make an emergency landing here with this vehicle. And so they landed, and thankfully nobody was hurt. It was just a scary moment. But obviously, had that been at cruising altitude, you know, full 30, 35,000 feet, things could have been very different. And now they got all those jets are uh, grounded, about 100 of them. It does not affect anything for us. I checked the, the boards this morning. The, you know, the departures and the arrivals are not affected by this at all. So it's a I mean, it's big, but it's not that big of a thing. And it was brand new. Brand new. So they're looking in to see whether, you know, did somebody forget to tighten a bolt? You know, what exactly happened? But good Lord. wow! And, oh, and some lady in Oregon found the door in her backyard. Huh. That's not part of the koi pond that I remember. So, okay, fair enough. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. 527 on News Radio 92.3. Uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, um... Dear New York Times, <laughs> if, if in the future you decide that you're going to write in a or publish a speculative opinion piece about Taylor Swift's alternate sexuality, <laughs> don't. Maybe don't. I don't know. It seems like just don't. Um, yeah, so somebody at the New York Times thought that the good plan was to infuriate all of Taylor Swift's fans. There are a couple of them. <laughs> and it would be one thing if, you know, she's like, I don't know, at the center of all of these scandals all the time or she's a, a known misbehavior you know, a colorful personality, let's say, a typical rocker. And, but she's not, right? Like, you may not remember this. I, I didn't remember this because I'm not a Swifty. Okay, I'm not an anti either. Don't, don't send me emails. Um, but, 
you know, I just think she's fine. She makes good music and people love her. She's very entertaining and fine. Okay. Um, but a couple of years ago, you know, she'd like date some people and then it'd be all the tabloids, as you know. And she said, you know what? I'm just not going to be doing this dating thing very much. And, and because it's too difficult and too public and I'm just going to hang out with the girls, you know? And I think if I don't give them something to report on, well, surely they'll leave me alone. <laughs> so, so instead of leaving her alone, years later, the New York Times decides, you know what I think we're going to do? We're going to allege that she's a lesbian. Because <laughs> that's the natural conclusion. So, yeah, people are canceling the New York Times subscriptions. Not like you had a bunch of surplus money flowing in to begin with, right, MYT? And, uh, you know, the fans are angry. The non-fans find this ridiculous and outrageous and, a you know, a breach of journalistic duty and all of this. So, um, again, just note to news folks, um, you know, which New York Times is still a part of that group. Um, they're generally a very good, though left-leaning paper. Uh, maybe don't write speculative pieces about the alternate sexuality of Taylor Swift. You know what's also kind of interesting about this, though, is all of the sort of, you know, next generation of people who are supposed to be super embracing of you know, all of the acronym stuff, they think somehow this is an insult to her. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. There are details to work out, but congressional leaders say there's an agreement on funding the federal government through the current fiscal year ending in September. Fox Jill Nato. President Biden issued a statement saying the deal reflects funding levels he negotiated with both parties and it rejects deep cuts to programs hardworking families count on. House Speaker Mike Johnson said the deal will mean $16 billion in spending cuts overall. The deal, if passed, prevents a partial government shutdown in 11 days. A man in Oregon reports finding in his backyard the blown-out plug from a panel that came off an Alaska Airlines flight Friday. Bob is a school teacher in Portland. Uh, so thank you very much, Bob. National Transportation Safety Board Chair Jennifer Hammondine. Nobody was seated next to the panel when it came off, leaving a hole at the plane in the plane at 16,000 feet 10 minutes after takeoff from Portland. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92, 347 degrees. It is mostly cloudy this morning in Pensacola. I'm David Wayne. Of course, we are expecting uh, quite a storm to move into the area tonight and tomorrow, expecting uh, strong, sustained, and gusting winds, as well as anywhere from two to four inches rain. Of course, Joseph Neubauer is going to have more on that here in just a couple of minutes. Teenagers in Santa Rosa County have a chance to get some driver training that goes way beyond what you'd get in a normal driver's ed class. A class offered by the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office teaches teens how to deal with dangers behind the wheel, tire blowouts, even what to do in the event of a traffic stop. I am very thankful because I'm probably going to use half this stuff in real life. That is 17-year-old Landon Atkinson. He and other teens participated in a class they call the Teen Driving Challenge on Saturday. Licensed instructors showed teens how to improve their defensive driving skills, uh, even what to do in the case of a sudden obstruction in the road. They also taught the teens about the dangers of impaired driving. The Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office offers these teen driving challenge classes twice a month on Saturdays. Several residents at an Escambia County fire or apartment complex have been displaced after the building caught on fire this weekend. This happened at the Aqua Porta Apartments on Bower Road. Uh, Saturday morning, Escambia Fire Rescue says flames were seen in an apartment on the second floor of the building. 
Firefighters were able to contain that fire within 10 minutes of arriving at the scene. Nobody was hurt. Four apartment apartment units will be displaced, though, due to damage. The cause has not yet been determined. Well, neighbors coming through after a Florida nonprofit was robbed. Almost $50,000 worth of Legos were stolen from V for Victory's warehouse in Jacksonville last month. The organization gives Legos to pediatric cancer patients as part of its Bricks of Love program. After hearing about the robbery, neighbors stepped up and donated hundreds of pounds of Legos to that organization. A man was shot and killed at an Escambia County trailer park yesterday. This happened at the Sable Palm Mobile Home Park on Patricia Drive. The sheriff's office says the victim was shot multiple times and taken to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. Investigators so far have not released any suspect information. The investigation into this shooting is ongoing. The first commercial mission to the moon is now underway. The uncrewed Peregrine Lunar Lander lifted off overnight uh, atop the United Launch Alliance's new Vulcan Center rocket uh, from Cape Canaveral. The payload includes the cremated ashes of dozens of people that want to receive space funerals. NASA says a successful mission will mark a major milestone for the private space industry. It is 534 News Radio 923. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast this morning. It'll be a cool start to the week into the 50s and lower 60s. Rain moves in as we head through the afternoon and evening hours, and we have that severe weather risk overnight towards Tuesday morning. 100% chance of rain Tuesday morning as those storms move in. We'll be in the upper 60s to start Tuesday off, but a cold front moves in through the middle of the work week on Wednesday and Thursday. Highs fall back into the 50s. Lows fall back into the 30s and 40s. That's your weather forecast for now. I'm meteorologist Joseph Neubauer reporting here at WEAR News. Thank you very much, Joseph. It is 47 in Pensacola, 48 in Gulf Breeze, and 45 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. News Radio Pensacola. Your home for informative, local, and dependable news and talk. Start your mornings off with the award-winning Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jake. Then get informed and laugh from 11 till 2 with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Followed by the Guy Benson Show. Your afternoon drive is anchored by Pensacola Right Now with Joe and Austin. Followed by Dave Ramsey. It's News Radio Pensacola. Heard on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing? These are words you hear a lot about. But what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? Well, you can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel this morning at 1030. Join me, Tasca King. I'll show you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. This morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Join the Pensacola Symphony Orchestra with the Beethoven and Blue Jeans presentation Saturday night at the Sanger Theater, PensacolaSanger.com. Monday is the first fee-free day of the year at the Gulf Islands National Seashore Park in honor of the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Enjoy the parks for free all day. Find more events and submit yours at NewsRadio923.com. All the big national news in a conversation with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins from 11 till 2 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. 
buy you a Chevrolet. I buy you a Chevrolet. I buy you a Chevrolet. If you just give me some of your love, girl. Please give me some of your love now. Please give me some of your love, girl. All right. So our tax collections came in at a little over 6.6 million this year, and. This bar graph was created for you so that you can, instead of anybody having to guess anymore, we can see, I mean, I get this data all the time, but I want you guys to be able to see exactly how much we bring in every month so that we can see the peak seasons versus the shoulder seasons versus the low seasons. So this is some really good data. Now, this is from a little while back, several weeks ago, at a meeting in Santa Rosa County. This is Julie White. She's the... Uh, director i think of tourism i forget exactly but anyway i just thought it was some really interesting information as they were talking about you know where santa rosa county and i am sure there are similar patterns in escambia county that's why i thought it might be interesting for you to kind of hear where the money comes from for tourism tax money as she said um you know about 90 percent gets back but basically navarre beach um, makes the vast majority of the contribution in Pensacola and Escambia County. Of course, it'd be uh, pretty dokey and Pensacola Beach. Where do we bring in the taxes? So right here, I, I created this pie chart for you. The Navarre Beach, obviously, is the largest collector at 58%. The south end of the county means Navarre, okay, over, over the bridge on the mainland. The north end is anything north of the Yellow River, and Gulf Breeze is obviously Gulf Breeze, and as we know, they get 90% of their collections back. So obviously, Navarre Beach is uh, bringing in the most, as well as Navarre. Right, and so, you know, where did they come from particularly? Tax collections by property type. Here's another big one that people always ask about. So um, obviously, our biggest, our biggest share is condo slash home rentals on Navarre Beach, 31%. Hotel and motel, once again, most of that is collected in Navarre, but then we've got some of that that is collected at the interstate. Um, campgrounds in the county take in 11%, and that's the whole county. Um, the, the home category is with the condo category. So, so we're, you know, it's just kind of an interesting blend of all of these different kinds of revenue that come in for the tourism development, or what we call the bed tax, basically. If you look at this ratio, let's say if you were to take a hundred people in the month of October, which is the farthest one on the left, 34 of those hundred people are residents. 18 of them have just drove in for the day and um, then 48 are staying overnight. So as you can see, there's a lot of residents, it's almost half and half. There's a lot of residents and people that have drove in for the day that are taking up those parking spaces like that are just moving around Navar Beach. That's where a lot of your congestion is. It's not just from overnight visitors. It's from day trippers coming in from, a lot of people come down to our beaches from Crestview, Holt. They don't necessarily go to Destin. So we've got day trippers coming in as well as residents. See, I thought that was particularly interesting because when I'm thinking about solving traffic problems, right, and what contributes to traffic, I think probably the perception is that it's all of these out-of-town folks that come in and create the traffic on your beaches. But really, the out-of-town folks who are here for a week, they're not as much the traffic. I mean, they're a part of it, sure. Um, depends on what they're doing and how much they're going back and forth anywhere. But it's really, it's your day trip folks who just, you know, wake up in the morning local, uh, you know, or 
locals who wake up in the morning want to go to the beach, or people who come in from places where they drive a couple of hours to go to the beach. And I just, I just thought that was fascinating because that's not, you know, exactly the perception that we have. And so solving for the overnighters is not really the main issue. And I'm not sure, you know, how, what, how you target solving for any of this, but just your picture, like, where does the problem come from? And if you keep in mind that the people that are staying at vacation home rentals, nine times out of 10, they're parking at their vacation home rental and using the beach right there, or they're parking at their vacation home rental and walking to the nearest access point on the beach. So the reason our parking lots are so crowded is from day trippers, probably, because the residents, and, and the residents, the residents don't live on Navarre Beach, like the residents live on the mainland, like myself, that drive three miles to the beach. So that is one of our, our issues that we face. And that's congestion, not just moving around, but actually in the parking lots, which makes sense, because if you're renting a beach home, you know, you're not going to be parking in the casino beach parking lot, right? You're not, right? You're not going to be parking at public access number four out on Perdido, you're going to be parked at the place that you're renting or at the you know condo that you're staying at, whatever. So that's interesting. Also, where does the spending come from? Total in-market credit card spend, resident, resident versus visitor. So this is over a whole year. Our visitors are spending almost as much as our residents are spending at, wow. you know, at restaurants and stuff like that. It's just 45 to 55 is what she had said percent. So somewhere around half. A little bit less than half, 45% for the visitors, uh, 55% for uh, the residents. The total for the whole county credit cards spent at restaurants. Just, I mean, wrap your brain around that for a second. I, I am sure that Escambia County has comparable kinds of numbers. Maybe it's a little bit lower, but, uh, you know, Santa Rosa County, almost half of all the money spent at all the restaurants over the whole year is by people who don't live here. That's why, I mean, that seems like a huge number to me. I, it, I guess it sort of makes sense, but still, it caught me by surprise. Spending on attractions. Visitors spend 88% this last year versus 22% resident spend. Wow. Spending on restaurants. This is a very interesting fact that really probably means a lot of, to a lot of those people that are restauranters down in the south end of this county. 70% of their money coming in is from visitors. Whereas 30% of it's from locals. Oh, and I didn't even tell you the right way. It's 45% of all the credit card receipts are for visitors. 70% of the restaurant revenue. It's even higher. <laughs> wow. So the visitor profile is 80, 88% of visitors are from out-of-state markets. 53% are between the ages of 25 and 54 that come here. As well as 23% of visitors have an average household income greater than 100000 As you know, we target 100000 and over for household incomes. And 50% of them have kids. There you go. That's the picture of what it is. And particularly for Santa Rosa County, what's the target demographic? Destination photo shoot. This is um, the one we did this past summer. Of course, as you can see, what we try and do is we want to appeal to the families by the model. You know, we choose the people and what they're going to be dressed in and how they're looking. So we're trying to give a feel and a look of what our destination represents to attract the families to come here. So as you can see, I pick out modest swimwear and hmm. we, you know, it's just the overall look. That's what we go for. The clean, classic, nice look. I mean, this is very detailed. 
I'm picking out particular bathing suits, particular, you know, so that for the marketing because video, every destination has a different look, right? We want the wholesome family look, and that's what we're going after. We want mom and dad and kids that are going to behave <laughs> and spend money. That's that's who we're looking for, particularly in Santa Rosa County. And um, I was just thinking a little bit more about this whole restaurant thing. If that's true, and again, you know. Each restaurant's going to be a little bit different. Location's going to matter, you know, and I'm thinking of restaurants in Escambia County as well. But, I mean, if that's true, you almost start to wonder, and I am, you know, I would not be the person to necessarily ask about this, uh, but it's just, it makes me think. You know, Visit Pensacola does a great job of marketing, and, you know, Visit Santa Rosa does a great job of marketing. You know, like our area is represented well in out-of-market advertising, right? If you ever go to, you know, like Nashville or Birmingham or whatever, you know, you see, hey, come to Pensacola, right? Um but if you, I don't know, if you're a restaurant, a big enough restaurant, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, Fish House or Peg Legs or McGuire's or, you know, just, you know, sizable, especially tourism, flounders, whatever operations, you know, it, I don't know, it might make sense to buy ads in Montgomery. You know, I don't know. Just as an idea, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's not like cost effective or whatever, but... If you can tell people in advance, hey, you know, <laughs> we're, we're come here, we're, we got food for you, you know, before they even have their trip planned, they, oh, that looks good. I kind of want to go to Pensacola, you know, maybe it'd be like a 50-50 share. Maybe you could get, um, you know, visit to sponsor something. I don't know. I'm just, you know, ideas. I'm just thinking about it out loud. And then last thing is, um, you know, why is transportation and vacationing here so valuable what is happening in the world right now that relates to tourism in santa rosa county which is of course again this is where julie white's talking about but also in escambia county things right now kind of unrest in the world and so that will trickle down to the economy of um, luxury spend that means jewelry uh, vacations expensive automobiles you know you might see uh, and i already read the consumer reports last a few weeks ago when it started cutting down in China on luxury spend, I knew it was going to hit here too. So, it's coming. I don't. I don't see this coming year unless things get better. That we will will stay this high at six point six. We it might drop to six million. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just want to set that expectation right now. Yeah, and it's a good awareness that the uh, extra spending being done on vacations might go down a little bit this year. I mean, both the Scambia and Santa Rosa had bumper years last year. Also, interesting note to me is. You know, those day trip vacations or even the, you know, local vacations, because a lot of times we fail to realize how many Santa Rosa and Escambia residents will take a vacation in county or maybe just like across county lines. Uh, but will go to the one of the beaches or, you know, even take their family, even rent a, something for a week. I mean, that's certainly all possible. But ways to save money in an economy where people are a little bit worried. And especially, as she said, you know, the uh, the big spend on luxury vacations has declined globally and that means that people might be avoiding the cruise or avoiding the Europe or the, you know, the go to, um, you know, someplace they would normally Mexico or something like that. And maybe they drive instead to go to Pensacola so uh, or, or Navarre, you know, the kind of thing that maybe in other years, yes, as declining vacation spends happens, certainly some people won't at all, but other people will simply do it cheaper and we might benefit from some of the people who want to do it cheaper. You know, we're not going to take the kids to Orlando this year, but we're going to take them to Pensacola. 
So just, I don't know, I, I thought it was interesting. It, it, it showed me some things about the picture of tourism in our area that I had not perceived before, and I wanted to share that with you a little bit. 548 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you are thinking about that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place to go shopping for it. They have a wide selection. You know, like 300 cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. I was just driving past there the other day, and the lots are full. They got plenty of cars, plenty of inventory. Remember, for a while, that had been an issue. Okay, so you can go there, and one of the things about them is it's, the variety of things that you can try right side by side. So let's say you decide that you want to get a, a sedan, a four-door sedan. Well, they're going to have like, you know, 50, <laughs> you know? And some of those are going to be the same kind of different colors maybe. Some of them are going to be the variety of kinds. And that's what you can try side by side. You like this make, which model, which trim package. And then also, in addition to the five, six, or seven of those that you might be thinking about, you can also try something that's a little out of your range. Maybe you try a sports car. Maybe you try a Jeep, an SUV, a truck. And I don't mean it's likely that you'll buy it, but maybe you've never tried one. Well, why not? I mean, while you're there trying cars, why not try something that's a little unusual? And maybe you discover, man, I really hate this, <laughs> you know? Or maybe you're like, man, I really like this. And either way, the point is you learned something and maybe you had a little bit of fun in the process of it and you expanded your uh, experience base. Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell Andrew McKay. Says hi. Climate Tech, Climate Tech, heating and cooling is what we know. Call eight. Hello again, everyone. Travis Thompson here from Climatech of Professional Air, your independently owned American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Heating and air conditioning issues are no fun, and as systems get older, they seem to develop more problems. We're beginning the new year with a bang by introducing our Climatech Comfort System that will provide you with complete, worry-free HVAC. You can say goodbye to costly repairs, uncomfortable humidity levels, and high energy costs, while at the same time enjoy clean, purified air inside your home. Our Climatech Comfort System has a full 10-year extended warranty that covers any repairs you might need, including all parts and labor. And more importantly, your home will be more comfortable than it's ever been. Want to know more? Give me a call or visit ClimatechProAir.com. Climatech, Climatech. Hi, this is Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel for the Chamber Connection Show that will keep you informed on what's going on with your Chamber of Commerce. Tune in at 10 to find out about our upcoming events, all of our different programs, and what's happening with our local business community. It's the Chamber Connection Show every other Monday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Join the thousands of recyclers who strive to eliminate recycling contamination every day by following the Core 4. The Core 4 includes glass containers, plastics 1 and 2, cardboard and mixed paper, and metal cans. Remember, if you're not sure if an item can be recycled, think when in doubt, throw it out and put it in your garbage can instead of recycling. Visit ecua.fl.gov for more information. That's ecua.fl.gov. And thank you for being ECUA's recycling partner. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Mary on Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today. Learn at your own pace and check out the Medical Marijuana Education Series. You decide what you'd like to learn and win with Mary on Demand. Visit mary.famu.edu. That's M-M-E-R-I.F-A-M-U.edu. And remember, recreational marijuana is still illegal in Florida. Mary, educate, learn, talk. 
The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, Barnes Feed Store, and Lucky's Pine Straw. News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Informative, local, dependable. Your Honor, I object. And why is that, Mr. Reed? Because it's devastating to my case. Overruled. Good call. Good morning, 5.53 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, and we are expecting some pretty strong, possibly very severe weather tonight, overnight, into tomorrow morning. The real bad stuff is supposed to start after midnight, and the really, really bad stuff is supposed to be around 3 to 9 a.m. tomorrow. So uh, just be aware, you know, if you typically put your phone on, like, do not disturb or silent, um, you know, just make sure the emergency alerts can come through because they are saying tornadoes are one of the major concerns here. And uh, if there is a tornado in your area, you want that alert coming and you want to be woken up for that so that you can get to an interior room that is away from the windows and structurally safe. And, you know, this is the stuff we don't have to think about all that often, certainly not in the winter very normally. But on the one to five scale, they're saying this is expected to be about a three for our area, which is uh, really bad. Uh, so I had not been taking this as seriously when I saw the initial reports. And, you know, now we got the counties are basically sending out, hey, uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so be watching for that overnight tonight, or at least be prepared for that possibility overnight tonight into tomorrow. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? President Joe Biden will be speaking uh, tonight at the South Carolina church where nine black worshipers were shot by a white supremacist in 2015. The president says his message will be about fighting hate and extremism. The National Transportation Safety Board says the door plug that was blown out of that Alaska Airlines plane Friday has now been recovered. They are hoping that development will help explain exactly what happened. Uh, The panel was found by a uh, teacher in Portland, Oregon on Sunday and turned over to the NTSB during other searches over the weekend. Cell phones that were sucked out of the plane were also found. And students in Iowa today planning to walk out of class and march to their state capitol in protest of gun violence. Uh, Of course, this is all coming just a few days now after that school shooting there that uh, killed a sixth grader and injured several others late last week. All right, very good. Did you say cell phones were recovered? Yes, two cell phones, it looks like, that were uh, sucked out of the plane. I, Wow. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you're close enough to where that door plug opened up and blew out, and then, you know, you just kind of, oh! <laughs> like, your first reaction is, thank God I'm alive. Your second reaction is, but my phone! Right? Right. And you can't. I was just about to beat Tetris! Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, what's your first impulse? Oh, I need to call the company to let them know my stuff. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know, hey, buddy, can I borrow your phone for just a second, right? You know, and then even, like, you probably want to let your relatives know that you're okay. And, 
If you're like most of us these days, you probably don't have any of those phone numbers memorized because who memorizes phone numbers anymore? Yeah, right? it's it's the weirdest thing. Having grown up in an era where we didn't have phones, you right. would think I would be fully functional without a cell phone, but I'm not. Oh, no. 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 Anymore. You, can't remember a phone number. Can't remember anything. You've, yeah. you've completely learned to depend in everything in your life on that on that one device. That's right. And then there's no worse feeling than not having it either because you right. feel your pocket. Where is it? Everything's uncomfortable. It's like you feel naked. I mean, not quite, but you know, it's similar to that. It's sort of an, a discomfort. Is everybody looking at me? Do they know I don't have a phone? You know? Yes. They don't know. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. Now, Austin, so Austin is sitting in for uh, Jake this morning. Jake, Jake got called to civil service. He got called to jury duty this morning, and um, uh, I think that that's a, he's probably going to find out that's going to be a short trip, but he still has to go. Okay, mm-hmm. he still has to go. And because they're going to be like, what do you do for a living? Well, I work at News Radio. I'm the producer of the Pensacola. You're excused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about how that's going to go. I remember the one time in Pensacola I got called for jury duty, and, you know, you go, you show up, you, you sit there, and, you know, Mm-hmm. Hi, you know, I'm Andrew, and I, I do a radio show, and it, it was somewhere, like, I had said my name, basically, and I, don't, don't forget if I said occupation, I just think I said my name, and um, and then I saw the all the uh, prosecutors, and the, I think one of the defenders, too, they kind of went up to the judge, and like, yeah, hey, so here's the thing, we know him, <laughs> we, were, we were just in the uh, Pensacola Police Department, Citizens Police Academy with him, and also he's on the radio, and the judge was me. Your excuse, sir. (laughs) Thank you. And I still can't do my show. Uh, Anyway, so Austin uh, sitting in for Jake this morning. And Austin is of the younger variety. Yeah. You're 24? Uh, I wish. 22. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you want to be older? No, man, celebrate it. Cherish every, Squeeze every last drop of that out while you can. Trust me. You don't want to be older. All it'll let you do is rent a car, and you don't need it that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've never had to memorize numbers, like, your whole life, right? No, not really. I would remember, like, my own, obviously, and, like, my grandma's. That was about it. And then once I got my cell phone, it was all downhill from there. (laughs) Most most people, I would say everybody who's uh, over 30, probably, yeah, and certainly over 40, if you you ever want to ask them a fun question, just ask them, uh, do you remember your parents' phone number? Mm-hmm. And they will 100% remember it yep. because they had to and they dialed it so many times. And uh, most likely, even though you rarely do this anymore, most likely if you ask them physically, can you show me dialing it? They probably can. Oh, yeah. I, assuming it's not a rotary because that's a very simple. <laughs> that, but on the, on the touchpad, they can probably remember the pattern of dialing it because they did it so many times.